What's going on, everybody? Daryl Freider, the club CEO here, and we have another amazing episode of the My DJ Story podcast brought to you by the club app, the number one online club community for DJs. We can stream online for free and not get cut off. Today, we have Dave Alvarez. He's an amazing DJ that's going to share his story with us today. Dave, can you please introduce yourself to the people who you are and where you're from? Thank you. Yes, Daryl. Uh, my name is Dave Alvarez, and I am from the south side of Chicago. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Yeah. So on the My DJ Story podcast, we want to hear your story about how you got started in the DJ industry. You know, tell us the beginning story of how you got started and what sparked your interest. For sure. Um, I would have to say back in the late 80s, uh, 88, 89, uh, there was like this uh, big power surge of DJing. Um, a lot of the DJs uh, came out of Chicago, uh, you know, Steve Silk Curly and uh, Bad Boy Bill. And, you know, I can go on with some names, Cesar Hernandez, CZR, all these guys, uh, you know, played a big uh, role in and me just understanding music, but uh, more importantly, my brother-in-law also, he was a DJ. And one day I went to, uh, it was like a house party, basement party. And I was just fascinated by, you know, just the music that was coming out of, you know, just uh, out of a vinyl and the speakers and the mixing and all that. So um, just, it was, uh, you know, I was maybe 15, 16 years old and I just took a little interest in that. And as I got older, uh, senior in high school, bought uh, my first pair of turntables and I, I just got lost, you know, for hours in my basement and just uh, try to understand the blending. And it, it kind of messed me up a little bit because I think, um, you know, uh, for, for any DJ, um, when you're learning the true craft, you literally have to split your brain into two pieces because you're listening to one song and then you have to try and cue up the other song to match that record. So again, we are talking vinyl, uh, which I still own a pair of uh, vinyl uh, uh, turntables, uh, 1200s. So, so when I finally got the craft down and took it to the next level, so when I entered my college years, uh, took my 12s with me and basically just try to make as much money to pay for my rent and, uh, you know, grocery money and things like that. So I went all through college DJing like fraternity parties, sorority parties. Uh, I, I got a residency at one of the best nightclubs uh, in that town. So, um, yeah, it's I guess you can say to some degree, um, I was kind of like a big fish in a little pond. Right. Because this town was about 70 miles outside of Chicago. And, um, you know, and here's a DJ coming from the South side again, this, and I mentioned South, the North side and the West side, everyone's got their thing, right? Like their specific, um, um, if, if you're from Chicago, um, every side of Chicago kind of has its, its own feel of music, right? Um, and, but I just feel like the South side for me personally, I don't want to offend anyone, um, is one of the most influential. That's where a lot of DJs, uh, that are in the house scene, in fact, um, are from, you know what I mean? And like uh, some that you'll find in in documentaries and things like that are from the south side of Chicago and have become friends of mine. So uh, so I look up to them. And and so so anyway, so just continue on with my journey. Uh, yeah, uh, went through college and 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 loved it, loved, uh, you know, DJing for all these different types of parties, different organizations. Um, and then I took a break for about a year or two. Uh, settled down into a personal life and, um, you know, just focused more on, uh, you know, building a career and just kind of moving along. But 
Uh, I got rid of a lot of my records, but I did keep one crate. Uh, and I also kept my turntables, but they were put away in cases and just kind of left them somewhere until one day I just decided to break them out and uh, started playing with some vinyl again. And before you know it, it was uh, just kind of like, it just kind of sparked another interest. Like uh, I was a little bit older, I had some corporate uh, background and um, it just, I felt like I was, um, at a stage where just, you know, it was like a sleeping monster that just, you know, just needed to come back out. So little by little, I got right back into it. Uh, so now I'm like in my mid twenties. Uh, and, and again, you know, just started up the party scene again. Um, and people started saying, Hey, uh, do a guest spot here, do a guest spot there. Um, but ultimately I think my biggest break in Chicago came when, uh, it, it, when, when I really wanted to do something that kind of had my own vision, like a certain style of format, I want to be more in control of like which DJs were, were going to play on the lineup. So uh, a friend of mine and I, we, uh, we met with, with, with um, it wasn't even a club. It was more of just like a rental space. Um, and without getting to, with too much detail, because there is a lot of history in that, in that nightclub, uh, churned into an event space, uh, uh, we, we went up to the owner and we said, hey, we'd like to do some like a network event here. Let's just, um, you know, we can start like at 5 p.m. after work on Friday and people could kind of come in and do their thing. And then we'll slowly, gra uh, gradually go into the evening, you know, lower the, the lights down, pick up the music and just kind of take it from there. Uh, and that worked very well for like, a couple of months until we started losing the 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. crowd and then crowds basically started coming like after nine so that's when we decided to kind of just make it more of a 9 p.m. to like 4 a.m. type deal right uh the owner was happy with it but again it was in a neighborhood that had become heavily populated with um condos and um just uh living space right um, so, so we had to deal with like noise, uh, issues and things like that. So we outgrew that space, my friend and I, and since we had a nice, uh, list of people on our, uh, distribution list now back then it was all about email blasts, right? Uh, we're talking like 2002, 2003, it was all about, you know, I've got 5,000 people on my, on my email list and somebody would challenge you be like, well, I have 10 and I have 20. And, and, uh, you know, so it was one of those like how promoters. So I kind of turned DJ to promoter. Uh, but what I liked about it was just hiring the talent. Now I'm going to throw out some names like, uh, Maurice Joshua, uh, Jesse De La Pena, uh, DJ CZR, um, Oh gosh, the, uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, DJ Jess, uh, Fast Eddie, I'm not sure if you know who they are. Um, uh, 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 he's more of a hip house DJ uh, from, from the 90s, uh, still does a lot of work now. Uh, so again, uh, just some of the names, oh, God, a lot of names escape me, but uh, uh, DJ Lego. And so, uh, yeah, just putting these people on, on, on the bill and, and just seeing a packed house. And so, so that kind of went well. And I would sneak my sets in every now and then. So, so I was able to still be in touch with the DJ side. But again, I was now more in control of how an event went. Um, uh, so from there, we kind of took it to other nightclubs like Spy Bar and Sound, uh, Sound Bar. We did an event there. Uh, some of these nightclubs have already closed down. Mind you, this is mid-2000s. Uh, so 
to some degree, you know, it, it can burn you out. You know, you're out till four or five a.m. on Fridays and Saturdays, and you know, I had a personal life, and it just started to affect that. Um, so when the opportunity came to just start doing private events and uh, and pace yourself, you know, um, structured events, you know, um, without any uh, distractions, and I will just kind of leave it at that. Um, it, it kind of felt more like of my vibe, and I was getting older, and I couldn't carry you know, 1200s anymore. So I kind of started going um, more of like the corporate route, uh, building up a client list. Um, and then in 2009, I came across um, an application where I can DJ on the boats on AV Pier. So uh, there are five ships, uh, like the Odyssey, the Spirit of Chicago, things like that. So um, as I got to meet the entertainment director, and figured out what exactly they do on those boats. Uh, very, very structured, a lot of corporate events, some weddings, things like that. And so uh, I quit my full-time job. You know, it was a safe job, corporate job with the whole 401k, insurance, benefits. Um, and I just, I told my wife, I said, listen, uh, I said, I, I can invest 40 hours into like building a small brand and um, working from home. Um, weekends will be compromised, but, um, what do you think? And, and she, I just, these words still resonate to this day. She's like, uh, I, 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 I will support you, but, um, the financials are very important. If you could keep what we have here without having to sacrifice anything, um, she's like, you know, I'll support you. And, uh, and, and, and that was kind of like a goal, you know, because here I am, you know, um, just uh, really starting from 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 making this a hobby to turning this into like a career to like a job. Um, I had about 12, 13 years of corporate experience with me, uh, 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 entry level management. Uh, so I dealt with a lot of, um, you know, uh, just uh, people that were definitely next level. In my role, I had to deal with, you know, uh, you know, giving uh, presentations and just meeting with clients and doing things like that. So I was definitely exposed to a to a side that I knew that I could use on the business side of things. Um, not downplaying any DJs. I'm not speaking bad of any DJs, but um, I've come across some DJs that are super talented but don't have that business mentality. Um, you know, they do guest spots without even thinking twice of asking, well, let's negotiate something. Uh, speakers are left at venues and before you know it, they get, they go stolen because nothing was really uh, talked about. There was no communication. It's just, um, just uh, doing business really sloppy. You know what I mean? And when, and, and so I guess for me, uh, because everything was an investment, everything needed to have a return, right? On my investment, um, I, I, I just really uh, hired a, a lawyer to draft out a, an actual contract. And so at least I had some verbiage. Um, I researched different tools of how to communicate with clients, right? Um, so building all the tools that I could possibly get. Um, and then with the opportunity of working on the boats, uh, which is a frequency that was, I don't think there's a frequency anywhere in the DJ industry, DJ industry other than on those boats, right? Um, because some cruises started at 11 o'clock in the morning 
right? Like uh, uh, kid kid groups, um, you know, eighth grade graduation parties or whatever the case may be. So you would have a cruise from like 11 to one. You would have a cruise from like three to five. And then you would have a cruise from seven to 10. And if you wanted to take it up a notch, they have the moonlight cruises, which are like from one to 3 a.m. So uh, I DJed pretty much every single cruise, every single day of the week for a couple of years. And the entertainment director said, hey, Dave, I think you could do something with this. You could be like my talent manager. So I was in charge of uh, hiring and training and scheduling and managing DJs across all the ships. Uh, There's five of them now. When I first started, there were three. The company acquired one. And then in September of 2018, they acquired a fifth. So Wow, man, uh, that's that's so amazing, man. I think like your story has been a constant show where your business skills just just show itself and you'll DJ at one place, but then it transitioned to more of a leadership management role in right. all scenarios, man. And that's just a, a testament to how great of a business person you are and how your skill set just shows in whatever space you're in, whether it's the club scene, where whether it's the wedding scene, where it's the boat scene, is like your, your your business side shows out and that's super great because it's very important, you know, that you have the skills to DJ well. But if you don't have the business skills to execute, you're not going to do a good job at making money at this thing. Right. So uh, it's really good that you're putting out really good tips and, and sharing your story of Thank how you, you went about business um, in this industry, which is super important. And sometimes some DJs leave out the business aspect of it. So I'm super glad that you're touching on this and uh, I'd love for you to continue where you're at. Sorry for interrupting. No, no, thank you. That's very encouraging. I appreciate it um, because um, I, I think it is important that people don't sell themselves short. You know what I mean? Let's, um, we're all in this to make money unless, unless um, you are like a celebrity, right? Like a Snoop Dogg that, you know, I mean, and even, even, even still him, right? He'll get paid his little 200,000 or whatever the case it may be. But if he didn't do that gig, he'll be fine. You know what I mean? Um, but th- th- that's, I think to me, that's the exception. Uh, but for other just regular people, regular people like myself, you know, um, you know, I own a Nissan, my wife has a Mazda, you know, and I live in a house and it's just, you know, I have to pay my own utility bill. You know, it's important for me to to look at that that cash inflow, that cash flow, you know, uh, and, and, and just uh, really monitor it because uh, it's, it, it's, um, you're really only as good as your last gig, you know, and, um, you know, you make one mistake, um, you know, something happens or I don't know, there's just a million different scenarios. Um, you know, it could be career ending, you know, so I've been very fortunate, uh, for the past 10 years to be a professional DJ. Um, of course you have to go through all the proper steps. You know, you incorporate yourself, you talk to a tax attorney and he gets all the proper, uh, paperwork lined up so that you can pay your taxes, right? Um, and, and, and pay for your incorporation fees every year. And then uh, on top of that insurance, you know, a lot of people don't think they need insurance. And I'm not talking about health insurance, I'm talking about DJ insurance, um, you know, liability insurance, things like that. Um, and, and I think to some degree, uh, if you want to operate in this sector, uh, a lot of venues ask for that COI, you know what I mean? They want you to have that. And if you're like, whoa, what is it? Like, well, then, you know, Google it, you know, because you need it for this gig. If you want to make your 1200 or your 1500, you might have to invest a little bit into having this. And they have options where you can get it just for one day or you can, but when you look at, you know, the premium for one day, you might as well just get it for one year, right? Because it's only just like another 50 or $60 more. Uh, but again, it all depends on 
on how much liability insurance you want to put on it and everything that you own. Uh, so yeah, so so like everyone, um, up until 2019, I, I was honest, I can say I was living the dream, uh, working from home during the day, working contracts and uh, doing gigs. Uh, so as a talent manager for this company, uh, I was able to uh, to pretty much make my own schedule, right? So like I would see the schedule from the corporate side and say, okay, I think I want to pencil myself in on this Thursday and Friday and I'll do two gigs on Saturday and then Sunday uh, the Bears are playing. I think I'll take that day off. Um, that's like the best case scenario. Uh, a lot of times uh, we didn't have enough staff to cover these cruises. So me being kind of like that wild um, wild card, I would insert myself into slots, even if it felt um, sacrificing a day where I wanted to spend with my family. Um, but um, uh, it, it was, uh, regardless of any of that, um, you know, 2019 was probably my best year. And then 2020 happened and it's just like, Wow, you know, wow. And, and and it's just it just it got really interesting really fast. Yeah, know? man, I, I think it's so interesting your story. You you living the best of both worlds. You got the operator experience, but at the same time, you get to throw in your hat as a DJ every once in a while, and you know you're literally living the dreams. You know, scheduling your own time for work and and really just doing your passion, which is DJing and being involved in this space. So. You showed me like a different light of what you can do as a DJ. You know, there's so many options of what DJs can do. And using that skill set, you can take so many different routes and combine it with other skills that you have. Right. So I really, I really like this interview. I really like the things that you've done and were able to accomplish. You know, let's talk about, you know, 2020 and, and where yeah. we're at with COVID. You know, yes. how has the pandemic changed, you know, your business and what have you done to, you know, cope with the current situation that we're in? Oh, it, it was devastating. Um, I could understand if like what made it worse is that you really couldn't do anything. So fine. Let's just say, all right, let's just say um, it was a different type of trauma. Let's just say I got hit by a bus and I and I can no longer operate. Right. I can't walk. I can't physically be there. So there's that. Right. I mean, OK, maybe that's a bad example because I can't leave. Let's just say um, for some reason um, I get sued and I, I no longer can operate. I've been banned from DJing. Right. Um, but in this case, with the pandemic, not only were you shut down from doing what you love, but you also got shut down from going anywhere. So your home became your space and with the people that you live with, which is not a bad thing for me, believe me, uh, but maybe not for some people, but um, some people look for that outlet. Oh, I got, I can't wait to leave, you know, or, you know, my home drives me crazy. I got three dogs and my spouse is driving me crazy, my kid. But um, I live in a peaceful space, uh, the space that I'm at now. Um, in fact, I'll show it to you. Um, because it was pretty much built because of the pandemic. Um, these lights that you see behind me, it's just a DJ. I've always had up lights. It's, it's it brought a uh, peace and serenity to my room when I come into here. And I'll give you a quick turnaround of this space uh, in just a minute. But um, what what it did for me was um, w w like like for everyone, um, whether you're an accountant or or whatever, if anyone that that affected that the pandemic affected it. I think they, they just had to dig deep and find, uh, uh, dig, dig deep into their potential and see like, how else can I, can I, can I make money? You know, um, I admire a lot of DJs that went live and posted their, you know, their PayPal, Venmo, Chase, or however 
uh, options to accept money, you know, and, um, you know, because you have to support them. Right. And uh, I was I was having a good time not only watching celebrity DJs, but local DJs as well and seeing them on a Tuesday at 12 o'clock, you know, at 4 p.m. and 10 p.m. on Thursdays and Fridays. And, uh, you know, it was it was it was fun. I had a lot of fun watching them. Um, I just felt like I've never been a uh, go live DJ. I've done it a couple of times. Uh, I didn't have the right equipment. Um, people were using obviously the sound cards to get that sound to come out perfect. Um, I was always asking my friends like, how does your sound come out so well? It's like, yeah, you just gotta buy it and you know, and it's you plug this in and plug that in or sometimes they used adapters, you gotta go quarter inch to this and this is a four, you know, uh, this is a mic and you need to get three. I mean, I, I'm not that technical when it comes to that, but um, there were gadgets and things involved and it was very intimidating and I didn't want to come off as a very, like an amateur, right? Um, so I decided to go a different route. I decided to, to learn live instrumentation. Um, I had purchased a, a ukulele for my daughter just that November before, um, November of 2019. So then March, 2020, April, 2020, I picked it up and I said, hey, this is a little thing that I can probably learn. So I, I picked it up and just YouTube and just learn the basic chords, just learn the basic chords. Uh, so I, I, I learned that. And then from there, because she I bought her a concert style, which is second largest. So then I researched them. I can get one that's called a tenor, which is a little bit bigger. I have big hands. So I, I went ahead and bought that. And then I went and bought another one. And then I went ahead and bought a guitar. Uh, so between all those things, I, I just, I felt that at the minimum, if I can DJ, if I can express myself through DJ, let me try and, and, and express myself um, in learning something that I've always, I've always been fascinated by acoustic, anything, a violin, a guitar. Um, the ukulele was new to me. I, I never thought I'd learn how to pick it up. But uh, I'm going to show you my my wall. Wow. And that's amazing, man. I feel like the pandemic has really allowed some DJs and just people in general to really innovate and to do new things that they wouldn't think they would ever do before. And right. by you picking up a new hobby and, and really doing well at it and investing time, energy and money into it, that's super exciting to hear. And, you know, you didn't just sit around and let the pandemic beat you. You figured out what ways can you express yourself in a meaningful way. And that's super commendable, man. And I'm super Thank proud you. of you what you're doing. Um, in regards to your, your DJ business, were you able to figure out any other outlets to still participate in the DJ industry or kind of put it on the sideline in the meantime? Or what's the plan with that? Well, the answer is uh, 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 no, no. I, I, I really haven't found a way uh, to, during that time at least, right? Uh, so we're talking about March, April, May, uh, different states had different law or different different um, restrictions. Uh, Illinois was one of the toughest, uh, specifically Chicago. Cook County was one of the the strictest um, laws in in or, or uh, uh, they had the, the biggest restrictions in in, in allowing you know uh, 50 people, you know 100 people. So we maxed out at 50 people starting at the end of May mid June. So by late June, 
the boats opened back up again, right? On Navy Pier um, with a capacity of 50 per boat or 50 per deck. If it was a huge boat like the Odyssey Lake Michigan that can hold up to 700 people. So each deck just had 50 people because each one was sort of like a venue in itself. Uh, so, so I worked a small stint from, from that time to that time, you know, in the summertime. Um, and it worked out well. Uh, I did have some private events. I was able to stick to some, um, commitments. Uh, couples were still like, you know, so we had to drop our 250 guest count down to like 90, right? Uh, certain banquet halls, um, and I hope I'm, I'm not going to call anyone out, but they were okay with 90. They said they, they operated in a different, uh, type of an industry because they were private so they could have 90 people but even still within then i dj'd a wedding uh, at the end of november mid-november where they had two dance floors 50 people here 50 people there so i had to set up two different sound systems uh from a central area to accommodate you know the regulations of having 50 people per dance floor um and uh i'm not sure if they took any criticism but everyone i mean it, 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 everyone ob obliged or or they 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 stuck to their masks and things like that. And um, so so I still kind of kept things going um, in that sense. Uh, the business is still operating. It's still um, functional. I, I've, I'm booking a lot of events this year, um, uh, weddings and uh, private events, birthdays. So so we'll see how this year goes. But what, what I ultimately what I plan on doing is because um, I would do high school gigs that would have up to like 2,000, 2,500, maxing out 2,800 students for for turnabout dances and homecomings and things like that. And the budgets for those were just amazing, right? So, and the profit margin was amazing. That is not going to happen for a long time, right? Those were, that, that part of my business took a big hit. That was a huge portion of my income were those big events. Um, so, I, I just feel like from here, for me personally, uh, I, I'm going to be like just inching my way through, you know, private event here, private event there. We'll see how loose the state gets with with the restrictions. Uh, will they go to 100 people max? Will they go to 200? Will it happen this year? Probably not. We might still be very conservative here in Illinois. Um, so I actually have decided to go back to school and pursue a degree in music therapy. In fact, I'm in, I'm in school, um, uh, three classes and, uh, my love for music and my fascination with psychology, I felt that learning new instruments, um, and understanding the concept of, of music composition as a DJ, we know the intro, we know that there's, um, you know, the, the, the body of the song, we know that there are little breaks and bridges and the outro. So knowing that as a DJ can be applied so much to, to writing a song, right? Um, so I just had to dig deep and say, you know, I'm, I'm 47, I, I can't even remember, I'm 47 years old. And I said, it, I, I'm gonna have to think of what I'm gonna do for the next 10, 15, 20 years of my life because, uh, um, and I don't want anyone to lose hope that, you know, if you're 20 years old and you're a DJ, you're gonna be fine. You know what I mean? I based this decision on my age and, and how I can try and still salvage a career in music but not necessarily through DJing. I'm not gonna give it up, but I just felt that I needed to pursue something. And, and like I said, uh, I work for different organizations. One of them is uh, 
Camp Kids, Art Kids, um, this organization here, um, a wonderful organization. They're uh, young adults that have some type of a rare uh, cancer, some rare disease. And uh, twice during the pandemic, I did live Zoom dance parties for them. And I felt seeing the faces on these kids and um, I just it just lit them up, right? I We did line dances through Zoom and I can see, you know, like 40 little thing. I just kept scrolling through my Zoom and like everyone is doing the line dance at home, right? In their living room. And so it kind of sparked something like, you know, music is therapy regardless. It's already therapy. Whether you're in your bedroom listening to earphones, listening to a sad song or a happy song or dancing at a nightclub, that's therapy. So why not just provide it uh, on a therapeutic level, on a professional therapeutic level. So, wow. um, so that's that's the route that I'm going. Uh, my projection, uh, projected date of, of, of obtaining this uh, music therapy degree is going to be in like 2024-ish, right around there. So um, yeah. it's one day at a time, one class at a time, one semester at a time. So Yes, sir, brother. Wow, this is super inspiring because you saw an opportunity to you know, take something that you saw in that Zoom event and pursue additional education to turn it into a professional opportunity for you. Like that is truly amazing that you're able to kind of put all the pieces together and pursue something as amazing as finding a passion in music therapy through doing what you love. And I think that is super amazing. Like I said in the beginning, many people have gotten so innovative from yes. this pandemic Yes. And you are a prime example of someone oh, that will you. not give up. You will innovate. You will think outside the box and you will follow your passion and you let your heart guide you. And that is super amazing. I encourage Thank all you. DJs out there to not give up, be innovative, come up with ways that are going to move you forward yes. in whatever direction your heart and your passion is taking you. Just like Dave Alvarez did. Please Thank follow you. his example. This I is super important for you to <laughs> see. And I'm glad that you were open to say, you know, I don't know if DJs can be my route forever, but I'm going to follow my passion in music and, and keep DJs involved in it one way or another. So it's like, at the end of the day, you're not giving up on your dream. You're just transitioning it to the current form that it should be in. And that's super important. Thank you. Yes, uh, you nailed it. That's exactly what it is. Um, you know, I've invested so much money in equipment and uh, moving heads and uplighting and um all of this equipment here, uh, which so that's my my live side, and this is my digital side over here. If you can see, I've got a controller, I've got CD players, I've got a mixer, and underneath I have my turntables, and then I have a live uh, condenser. I have a condenser mic here. So this is like my digital side if I ever want to DJ, and then this side here would be my uh, if I ever wanted to just live jamming on some acoustic guitars or ukulele. So uh, and this space here provides that comfort and sort of quietness, that that quiet, uh, serene, serene uh, sort of uh, environment that I need uh, nice, to just escape the, uh, Amazing, the real world. Man. And that, that kind of jumps us right into our lightning round. But I want you to, you know, say anything or any pieces of advice for any DJs out there that, that needs to hear. Um, some advice from you in regards to your journey uh, before we jump into the lightning round. You have any last piece of advice? Um, just make yourself as marketable as possible. Um, learn as many genres of music as possible. Don't be scared to to play uh, for a room of for people that are not like you. Um, music is is an international language, and if you can understand it and if you can play it well 
then you will get love and respect no matter who you are. So don't sell yourself short. If you have passion for music, uh, don't be a one trick pony. Learn it all and, and, and make the most of it and enjoy the ride. Awesome advice, brother. Let's jump into the lightning round. You ready? Yes. Describe your DJ setup, hardware and software. Uh, so if I'm going to do a mobile gig, I will take a Pioneer DDJ-SZ and I use Serato and I have a MacBook. Besides yourself, who's your favorite DJ? Wow. Uh, favorite DJ. I would have to say, uh, wow, um, that's a hard one. Uh, Cesar Hernandez. What has been your favorite party or event you've DJed at and why? Well, uh, man, I'd have to narrow it down. There's so many years of, of DJing. Um, I would probably say uh, my daughter got married last year and I was able to DJ for a little, little bit. So uh, I just thought that was kind of cool. But uh, I, I can talk about many, but that's one that really sticks out for me. Who's the most interesting person you've met through DJing? The most interesting person that I've met through DJing would probably be... Wow. If I could have had these questions beforehand, you know, I would have had some time to think about it, but uh, I like it. I like it. Uh, let's um, let's the think about that comes this. to mind. Um, wow. Um, Stumped you. <laughs> you got me. I mean, seriously, I, 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 I would probably have to go with uh, Steve Silkurley, DJ Steve Silkurley. I, I met him. Uh, through a friend and then I ran into him at a party and just him being uh, one of the pioneers of house music uh, it was very inspirational him and his uh, partner DJ Skip much respect to them what's one thing that you hate about live streaming as a DJ um, just the bad rep I think that people get um, you know I, I think live streaming can be a good thing, but I think a lot of times people get stuck in a rut and they end up playing the same genre, same music, same style. And I think it kind of gets old. Um, but uh, I think uh, as a DJ, if, if you could, if you could be more, I think, uh, creative and exciting and, um, and I'm not talking about doing tricks or, you know, backspins or anything like that, just, um, just, I think just uh, get get more uh, uh, more 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 styles of music involved in your sets. I think that would make it. Don't don't be scared to take it back to like a funk, you know, from the 1960s and incorporate something from the 70s, some disco, uh, you know, something like that. You know, just uh, break out of that norm. And uh, shout out to DJs that you know personally. That stories need to be shared on this podcast. Yeah, definitely. I talked about Cesar Hernandez, DJ CZR. Um, I, uh, if you could get uh, Carlos uh, Velasco, the rascal, he was a childhood friend of mine. Um, I also went to his house almost every day while I was in high school. If you can get his story, he's been around for a while. Um, who else can I get on this list? Uh, DJ Jess, another house pioneer DJ here in Chicago. DJ Jess, J-E-S. Uh, he's a good guy. Um, and if you're able to get Steve Still Curly, I'm not sure, have you? Have you gotten him on here, Steve Still Curly? No. Um, yeah, he'd be a good story to tell. He can tell you some real good stories. Um, old school DJ, uh, very passionate about music, uh, has a long list of accolades. Um, yeah, but I would say that's probably a good list right there. 
Awesome. I hope to hear their stories on the podcast one day. And uh, where can people find you either online or in person if you're still doing events? Well, that's just the thing is I don't really promote myself a whole lot. I, I started an Instagram account uh, focused uh, strictly on DJing. And before you know it, uh, you know, just it just kind of turned into a personal uh, page. Uh, it is Soundwave underscore Chicago, uh, but you'll find so much content and, and people can see that if they scroll to the very bottom, it starts with me focusing on certain setups. And then as you start going up, you start seeing other things. And before you know it, um, you know, I've got, you know, Snapchat filtered, uh, you know, um, video clips of me, but um, yeah, I, 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 I've been blessed to have uh, been, uh, referred a lot so I, I i i basically get a lot of my gigs through referrals um and i i kind of stay quiet you know i just uh do my thing and i focus on just um you know making my money and um, that's basically as, as selfish as that may sound um i love djing but um i don't put myself out there as like one of those djs in the industry i enjoy watching them on their streams and i support them and i buy their gear um my friend in fact uh you know what lance george I would recommend you look for him um, if I can find uh, one of his T-shirts. I can't. He uh, he became very innovative and and decided to, uh, to to put his brand out there. DJ LG is one of the good guys that's out there. So, um, um, uh, yeah, uh, he would. Um, uh, yeah. So awesome, brother. Well, you provided yeah. a lot of value. I'm sure people Thank are going to want to look you up and follow you and just stay in touch with you after hearing this interview. Um, so I really appreciate you coming on the My DJ Story podcast. This has been really great, man. I appreciate you. Hey, I appreciate you too. And good luck with everything. And thank you for doing this. As I mentioned earlier, I think this is huge for uh, upcoming DJs and uh, you know future DJs to come. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Are you a DJ? Well, we want to hire you as one of our official, the club virtual DJs. We've been working hard to source hundreds of paid virtual gigs, and we need DJs of all kinds that are interested in getting paid to curate virtual events for our clients. Whether you're a new DJ, just getting started, or a veteran in the game, we have paid gig opportunities for you. Text I'm in to 609-201-1027 to get notified for paid gig opportunities from the club. Tell a friend. We look forward to working with you. Now back to the podcast.